Hey guys, welcome back to the Crit Hit Wild podcast. I am Jared, your host as always, and joining with me is Brad. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing good. And we have a special guest on today, one Mr. Fred. How you doing, Fred? How's it going? I'm doing fine. Uh, Fred is one of our locals at our uh, game store that we have. Um, very, very fun gentleman to play against. So before we actually get into the podcast proper, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Fred, kind of your gaming history and what got you into MCP? Whew, the gaming history? Uh, that Well, we're going to have to go back really far. <laughs> uh, I started like Magic uh, back when I was... I think nine years old. Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was back in the nineties. Uh, so quite a ways back. Uh, I've been gaming in different forms for that entire time. It's a, it's a big part of my life and it's brought me a lot of happiness. I don't even think I was capable of understanding magic when I was nine years old. <laughs> I, I didn't. I was not good. I just grabbed a bunch of cards and put them all together in a deck. And it was not functional in the slightest. But the um, pictures were fun. I, I did the same thing, but I was like 16, Fred. So. <laughs> I think the closest I came to playing a TCG when I was a kid was like when I was 10 or 11. And I played the... I started to collect the Pokemon trading card game, and they used to have a club of Books a Million. And I went to the club uh, for a few weeks and played like leagues, like you could play on your Game Boy or you could play the card game. And I played the card game a couple times, and I got my ass absolutely rocked by adults <laughs> who knew what was going right. on. So yeah, yeah, that was that was my experience too. Is any time that I would actually play anyone who knew how to play any game, I would realize quickly. That I knew nothing. <laughs> well, uh, so tell us a little bit about your tabletop experience and your, your history a little bit. Oh, uh, tabletop gaming, I started back in War Machine Mark II. So that was, uh, oh gosh, I don't know when Mark III came out, but it was a while ago. And so uh, I've been playing War Machine for quite a while. That's the game that really got me into tabletop. And then I started playing Guild Ball. With Brad, because Brad, you roped me into Guild Ball. I'm uh, not complaining. That's a very yeah, good game. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, and uh, Guild Ball led me to Star Wars Legion, and then Star Wars Legion led me to MCP. And of the games that I just listed, I honestly think MCP is... Um, I'm, I'm about to say something controversial. I think it's the best one. Okay. I think it's the best one. Okay. Uh, Guild Ball is the one that would give it a run for its money, but uh, MCP's great. There's just so much more fun on the table. Like, yeah. everyone gets to have a lot of fun. Yep, you're not wrong there. Uh, MCP, I think I've, I've talked to you guys about this before, but MCP is definitely the first miniatures game I've played where I kind of like, I just always walk away from the table feeling good. I don't feel drained or... Like, I've had to do all sorts of crazy logistical stuff to play the game. I can just go and have fun, and even in tournaments, walk away feeling good, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and you end up just with this sense of, uh, you, you're more friendly with your opponent than you are in 
say, Guild Ball or War Machine, where it's possible to just get blown out entirely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. Yeah, no one ever gets blown out in MCP, right, Fred? <laughs> no one ever, <laughs> no one ever loses 21 to yeah. 2. Yeah, so uh, last night, actually, I played against Brad, for everyone who's listening, and uh, Brad won 21 points to 2. Now, this is a game that goes to 16 points, so that should give you a sense of how badly <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, um, before we kind of got into the, the podcast, the main topic of talking about uh, Dr. Octopus, I was going to kind of go over some things. One of them was kind of, uh, we, we just had our game night last night. I was going to ask you guys to just kind of briefly go over your game. So uh, you went over that one with Brad. Where, what, what did you both play in that match? Uh, so I was playing a, uh, a kind of bastardized version of uh, Spider-Foes with Green Goblin with Dr. Octopus because I wanted wanted a game in with him before I talked to you guys. Uh, Carnage, Mysterio, and I don't remember my fifth person. Was it Bullseye? Do you remember? No. Uh, it, it, uh, they were not. Mysterio. Kingpin. Oh, gosh. Of course. Kingpin. Duh. And uh, it, it, it's a good list. Every part of it is good, but they don't come together into good. <laughs> and I was playing it in Spider-Foes where I could have played the exact same list in Criminal Syndicate, and I would have been better. It was a flip scenario, so. And, and yeah. Researcher. It would have helped on Researcher. I played, yeah. um, played X-Men, and it was Storm, uh, X-23, Honey Badger, Domino, and Magic. And you guys were playing Mutant Madman, right? Uh, Mutant Madman and Research Station, yeah. Yep. yep. Well, uh, so we know that how that game kind of went because you told us the score. You played another game too, didn't you, Fred? You played in the A-Force? I did. Yep. Yes. Uh, that game went... Uh, I was playing Criminal Syndicate in that game. That game went a little bit more in my favor, uh, but it was, a, it was a tighter game, most certainly. Uh, me... Me, I played um, Brotherhood. I tried that out again, and I played against uh, local Andrews playing Web Warriors, and we played Mutant Madmen uh, and <laughs> Mutant Madmen and Hammers. That's what it was. Um, and uh, I played a beefier Magneto list. I think I had Magneto, Juggernaut, Mystique, and Rogue. And it, it went pretty good. I think I ended up winning. I, I don't remember what the final score was because we could kind of see it was going toward my favor um, in the third or fourth round, I think. That's so we ended up calling it. But I think the score was probably going to be something like 16 or 17 to 13 or something like that. So went pretty good. Turns out, a lot of, like you, you uh, Asteroid M, Magneto a lot, but sometimes Asteroid M and Rogue across the table can also be real good. So uh, Asteroid M grosses me out and i think it's disgusting it's such a good, it's yourselves. such a good card i love it so much all right well uh news and announcements i believe that uh shadowlands daredevil and electra should be dropping this week uh, uh i think this week is the is this is this week the official release or was it last week yes no, i have one week. 
I, yeah. I own them. So if if they're not out yet, then I have done something illegal. <laughs> yeah, uh, our shop was fortunate enough to, to get ours in um, yesterday when we were at game night. And uh, the guy who was running the shop for us was nice enough to key him in and uh, let us get him. So uh, pretty excited. I, I personally picked up Nick Fury. I didn't pick up the Daredevil and Electra box yet. I think, Brad, you picked up Electra and Daredevil, but yeah, not yeah, Nick Fury, right? Is... Not Nick Fury. I've got the I got the Spruce sitting next to me. That's my next hobby project. Oh, nice. Well, that kind of uh, will go into the hobby talk because we know what you're doing. But I don't think uh, AMG has put out anything else. I know that the, uh, those two releases are now this week. Uh, so when you're listening to this, they should have technically released uh, Friday. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to talk about for Cerebro? Do you have anything going on? Uh, no, I'm working on some stuff in the background, but it's not stuff I know for sure is going to work. So I'm not going to talk about it till I get it working. Fair enough. Um, one thing, uh, we are trying to, uh, record our gameplay videos for the Crit Hit Wild YouTube channel. Um, we are going to try to record those at a kind of different time. So it might be a slight lapse uh, from when we can get some videos up. Um, but we're going to try to record at better times in the shops a little bit later whenever people aren't in there to kind of cut down on some of the audio background noise. And then we're also looking into um, maybe some different audio options whenever we're recording just to try to limit some of the uh, loud background noise that we have sometimes whenever we're when our play space, play space. So just know that we're working on that. Um Hopefully we can make that a little bit better for you guys who, who stick around and watch the game. So, um, Last announcement, I think. Uh, we have a tournament at the Lost Legion Games and Comics uh, shop in Char uh, South Charleston, West Virginia. Um, and that is next Saturday, which the date is... 16th. The 16th. So when you're listening to this, it's one week uh, if you're listening on Saturday. Oh, shit. Um, so on the 16th, uh, we have our tournament there. So if you're a local and you're listening, uh, be sure to try to show up. And if you're not a local and listening and you're near the, uh, Charleston area, feel free to come down and get a game in. Uh, what time are you doing dice off, Brad? Uh, noon. So at check noon. in as early as 11. Roll at noon. Okay. Yeah. If you're interested in that, come on down. Um, so, uh, moving on to hobby talk. Uh, I am still just working on getting, uh, some of my brotherhood painted. I, I've played a couple games now with them. Uh, I've, re I've, I think I mentioned it. I'm, uh, on one of the gameplay videos. It's brotherhood versus a force. And that was my first game, uh, with them. And I enjoyed them a lot. I know on another cast, I said I was going to be all Avengers and criminal syndicate in 2022, but it looks like it might be Avengers brotherhood. Cause I had a lot of fun with them. So. I'm open uh, to any kind of list ideas, so if you guys are listening to the podcast, uh, feel free to email us, or if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to comment below and kind of give me different rosters that you guys are working with so I can try out different stuff and kind of learn them. Um, but yeah, painting and putting together my Brotherhood list is pretty much what I'm working on. I guess you're working on uh, Daredevil Lecture, Brad? Yeah, I'm going to get them put together. I might even play them on Wednesday. I have a list. I showed you that list. I, I enjoyed it. I think the I... The list does not have Kingpin in it. 
that's fine. Like, I, I think I, if you're playing Shadowlands Daredevil, like, I really, really, really like that list. It's a good list. I think no Kung... Kingpin makes me want to just throw up. What What are you talking about? This I'm... is this is madness. I mean, if he has Kingpin, I think that's like a really good roster that he's got. But and it's really easy to fit him in. I'm just being stubborn. Uh, yeah, he's... you're just being difficult. Classic. I... Killmonger with him, I think it's just going to be so gross. Like, I think that he's really, really, really good. Uh, especially in Shadowlands Daredevil. But, uh, are you doing any hobby stuff, uh, Fred? Uh, not at the moment. Uh, I, I've never been very good at painting. Uh, that has not been my strong suit. All of you know this. And, uh, right now, my, my free time is eaten up pretty much by Elden Ring. Uh, so yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's Brad. my defense. Put your juggernaut together. Yeah, I have no excuse. I I need to build these. I haven't built my juggernaut. I haven't built. Uh, I'm I plan on building Shadowlands Daredevil as soon as possible. Uh, but he is not constructed yet. I mean, ha Brad, you have the spurs right there. How many pieces is Shadowland Daredevil? It can't be that much. He's uh, pretty easy. Two, four, six, eight. He has eight pieces, counting the little like wall he's standing on. That's oh nothing. my gosh, eight pieces. That's oh nothing. my time! I don't have time. <laughs> I don't know how you have time to do this. Two arms, two legs, two torso, a head, and the base. It's too many arms and legs. <laughs> now, yeah, and too many you also want to put together <laughs> these ninjas, and let me just find the highest number on here. There's a seventeen. So. There's a 20. I bet those are a pain in the ass to put together. They look very... Uh, it they, looks they like are... 20 is the biggest number on here. Whew. Wow. That, that, is, uh, that is this company showing off their ability to model. Yeah, those models do look really, really cool. Like those I are... mean, that's, that's why I bought this thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we've talked about it, but a lot of these models look so good. They're oh yeah, just so cool. They have hardly had any misses. Like maybe there's like a couple of them who's like their face. Like Black Cat, I think is one. Like her face yeah. kind of looks a little goofy, but it's not like so bad that you can't you know make it look nice and stuff. So other than that, like everything's they pretty much knock everything out of the park. Yeah, it's it's really it's really surprising. Uh, after playing uh, as many tabletop games as I have. These are by far the most high quality models. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm selling this product. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, let's let's move on to the to the issue at hand. <laughs> We're we are uh, not sponsored by AMG. So <laughs> we are uh, sponsored by Cerebro MCP. We are uh, sponsored by Cerebro MCP. So if you're watching us on YouTube, follow us on uh, Cerebro. Or you're, you're I guess you'd be watching me do it on Cerebro. If you're listening on Spotify or Google Podcasts, follow us on Cerebro. Uh we are sponsored just like our sister podcast, uh, Journey Through Limbo. Give them a listen. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot to do a, a, another plug. Yeah, so uh, our uh, channel is hosting a new uh, podcast uh, called Journey Through Limbo, uh, ran by uh, Jason, a.k.a. Justy, and his friend Brian. And it's a really good podcast. They break down rosters. Uh, they have guests on who bring a specific kind of roster, and they just kind of go through each choice uh, that they made when doing roster construction. So 
very good podcast. I think if you're listening to this uh, when this releases, they have had one up recently uh, where they have Lexa from the Morlocks on. So it's a really good one. I think she goes over uh, Web Warriors roster. Is that right? A pretty interesting Web Warriors roster. Yep. So, And they're having another podcaster on the next episode, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, Will from... Let's not say who... Oh! Uh, Will Schick! Yeah! Edit point, edit point. Edit point. <laughs> uh, nah, Brand's uh, not gonna edit any of this. No, no, he's not. <laughs> he's he's, too, he's too busy. You and guys... are <laughs> way too short of notice. Yeah. You guys are just gonna have to listen to the next episode of Journey Through Limbo to find out who the special guest is. So... Don't tell him I did that. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get into the uh, main topic. Uh, so today, uh, kind of going through our character review and rating, we're looking at Dr. Octopus, a, another character from the core set. So just to give a quick rundown on Dr. Octopus, uh, he's a five stamina, six stam on his injured side character. So he goes up one stam whenever he's injured, which is really, really good. Uh, he's a medium mover, size 2, 3 threat, with a 4-3-4 stat line, which is pretty good for a 3 threat. Um, so, I'm not going to bleed this dry too much, but he does have some interesting alterations to like some of your standard abilities. So, his strike is range 3 instead of your standard range 2. Uh, that is 4 dice with your normal power equal to damage dealt. But he has a wild flurry of arms when making this attack. Each wild in the attack roll counts as 2 successes. So, a very neat ability, and I believe unique. Are there any other wild triggers that count as two uh, for offense? Uh, just um, the charge on Wolverine, I believe. Oh, yeah, best one. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so he does have that on a superpower. So uh, Then he has arm lasers, which is a range four, six dice energy for three cost uh, that ignores line of sight and has a wild pierce attached to it. Then he has a three power... Uh, uh, terrain feature or character throw that's size two, uh, but it's within three, and you throw him short. And then he has scientific hubris, so whenever he rolls dice, any time uh, that he rolls a crit, he gets one power. So not uh, it's one power per roll. So if he rolls uh, more than one crit, he still only just gets one power. But it's for any roll. So it could be an interact roll, could be a dodge roll, defense roll, offense roll, anything. As long as he gets a crit, he gets one power. So then he has the base wall crawler. So, uh, so yeah. What do we think about Doctor Octopus, oh Otto Octavius, uh, and how he shapes up in the current uh, kind of landscape of the game? We'll start with you, Fred. Uh, okay. So my first thoughts here, uh, when I first read him, is is there's nothing on his card that's instantly flashy. There's nothing that I say to myself, oh, man, I've got to see that on the table. I've got to see how that plays. But uh, all in all, everything together, like he has a lot of these little positive bumps that are really interesting, like like the scientific hubris, which can trigger on 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 a scrawl roll too. Mm-hmm. If you roll, if he picks up the scrawl, he also gains a power. That feels really good. But yep. uh, all these little things that are on his card, like that, and him having that that wild trigger on his base attack, and then also his builder, or not his builder, his spender being an energy attack, 
that's range. Oh, is it range four? No, range it's range four. Yes. Range four. Range on four. Arm yeah. Lizard, yeah. Yeah. It also has pierce, which which just feels great whenever it triggers. Uh, everything on his card adds up to being a really solid three point model. Like, like uh, for three points, he's putting a lot on the table. Yep. The, I would say probably his biggest downside is that he has five health on the front, but that's fixed on the back that he has six. And he also has a really rocking defensive line at four, three, four. Yep. He's like, there's a lot of good here. And, and I've really not talked, I've really not thought about him in my list construction for a long time because he's been out a while. And, and I keep seeing all these new three pointers that I'm like, boy, I got to see that on the table. <laughs> but he's like an old stalwart. Yeah. He's not, really good. 100%. What, like do you, what do you think, Brad? Old reliable. Oh, uh, so yeah, I just want yeah. to point out because I noticed numbers. That's kind of my thing. Most three pointers have five health per side and have three, three, three defense. Mm-hmm. So he's slightly above that on all those stats. Now to trade that out, most builders are five die for three pointers, but there's several with four, like Storm. Um, but he is, like, if he was four points, he'd be terrible. If he was two points, he'd be the most broken model in the game. And at three points, he's very, very solid. Like, he will do work every game you play him. And, like, I mean, like Fred said, nothing flashy, but everything pretty good. Yeah, but there's there's another thing that's that uh, is relevant is that he's on a large base with medium move, which gets around the table pretty well, fast. He's on a medium base. With oh medium yeah, move. yeah, he is on a bigger than a small base yeah. <laughs> and, uh, with medium move. Yeah, he uh, he's definitely very fast, and having a range four attack, and I think the smallest range that he can do things like interact with characters is three. So being on a medium base with a medium move and having at minimum range three for everything that he can do, he just threat projects on the board immensely with just the ground that he can cover and how far out he can reach you. Uh, uh, there, there's another thing that I need to bring up that I, I forgot to mention when I was gushing uh, is that he is a three-pointer who has a throw on his card. Yep. And it's, it's, not, it's not super expensive either. So he, I think that's great. Uh, recently it, in the game, and I, it throws oh, characters, which is important because yeah. a lot of new models don't throw characters. Yeah, being a, uh, I uh, as I got better at this game, I realized just how important throws are, and having a throw on a three pointer is just wonderful. Like it's just great to have on the table. It's a toolbox. Yeah, hundred percent. Being able to throw people and at range three, no less, is that that just adds so much range to it whenever you're trying to do stuff and get people off of points. Um, and to, to Brad's point, I, I thoroughly value uh, characters that can throw terrain and enemy characters. So, yeah. Uh, so I think you guys have pretty much said everything that needs to be said about them. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to add to them. Uh, if you guys are thinking about playing Doc Ock, 
play hammers. He uh, Doc Ock with hammers is so much fun when you're doing his basic strike. So that's, I, can, I can only imagine. I love it. Sounds great. <laughs> I love it. I I miss the days back when uh, I think some of the earliest memories I have playing Doc Ock. I had Doom Prophecy back when it wasn't Asgard only, and playing Doom Prophecy on Doc Ock rolling eight dice. Uh, strikes that have flurry of arms is really really gross. Uh, sounds disgusting. You stop it. It is gross. You stop it. You you're making me want to have existed and, and been playing back when that was something that was legal. It was gross. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Um. So fun thing we're we like to do, Fred, um, is after we kind of look at the character and give our thoughts on him. Uh, oh, we you like... want to talk about the tactics character? Oh shit! Yeah, thank you. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Doctor Octopus, uh, him and Green Goblin. So you have to have both. Um. But they do have a card that he is part of, which is unaffiliated. So as long as you have these two characters, you don't need to be playing an affiliation. But um, Green Goblin and Doc Ock both pay three. And then you roll five dice for every enemy character holding an objective. And if you roll crits or wilds in the roll, they'll suffer one damage for each one. And any character that's damaged that way drops all objective tokens it is holding. And then you pick... uh, the, the player playing the card chooses the order in which you uh, do go through the characters. So this is an exceptionally strong uh, exceptionally strong card, especially in the late game when you have uh, a very annoying character like a Black Cat or a Miles or somebody holding like a couple different cubes or a couple hammers or something like that, and they're just kind of invading you around the board playing this after they've already activated and making them drop all those points and then potentially you being able to go pick them up is insane. Like, it, it does cost you to have both Green Goblin and Doc Ock on the table, but chances are, a lot of times, you're probably playing both anyways. So... Certainly uh, in spider Foes. Certainly in spider Foes, yeah. So, uh, I think that this is a really good card. Uh, have you guys played it on the table very much? Uh, okay, so I have not successfully played this card yet on the table. Uh, I lo- I didn't realize just how good this card was. Uh, mostly because I'm not very good at this game. Uh, but the, <laughs> the, the truth is, is like, this card is, is a game changer. Uh, I was playing in the Morgantown tournament uh, a couple weeks ago, and... Uh, my opponent was playing a criminal syndicate list with Green Goblin and Doc Ock. And I was surprised when I saw Doc Ock on the table. I was like, what is he offering that you couldn't find someone better in criminal syndicate? And then he played this card. And we were playing cubes. And so I, I at the, uh, when he played this card, I had three cubes on three different models. I suffered that round it was a suffering <laughs> round and and it it absolutely turned the tide of that battle like he won pretty hard because well he won pretty hard because he played better than me but he also won pretty hard because he used this card exceptionally well and that was uh i mean it totally opened my eyes to the power of what this card can do yeah, um, you, it's true that you don't see... Uh, sometimes you don't really even see Green Goblin taken in CS, but I can imagine with Ock and him in CS, uh, that's a lot of like uh, real swingy turns you can have with this paired with All According to Plan. 
you can really th those two cards can really swing games for you, and having both yeah. of them is really good. So have have you uh, have you played this card very much, Brad? I don't think you have. Right? No, I've only played um, Spider Foes, which is where I would be playing those two together a couple times when they first came out. I am a big fan of this card in theory, though. Like I think it is a really cool, really good effect. Yeah, I think uh, if you I think if you are playing Spider Foes. Uh, I mean, maybe if you're playing, you know, CS and you have some cheeky stuff like that that you want to do, I think that if you're playing Spider Foes, this is probably almost always included in the roster. Yeah. And it probably makes the table most of the time because Doc Ock is just, he's a quality three threat, especially in Spider Foes. So, all right. Um, so yeah, fun thing that we've been doing is uh, rating these characters uh, as to how well we think they do in the current meta. So I think we changed the scale uh, either last episode or the episode before uh, because we do have some characters fast approaching that are just, uh, I believe, a slight cut above the rest. So the tier is now S through F is what we're kind of running. So uh, we'll start with you this time, Brad. What? Where do you think you would place Doc Ock? On the, on the scale. Very solid, reliable B. Okay. I like it. What about you, Fred? Where would you put him? Okay, I think that... Uh, I think that the logical side of me says that he should be a B. I think that Brad is correct. But my heart, it's screaming that he's an A. Okay. Uh, and, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because I think that uh, along with this tactic card, uh, he is filling a three-point role that there's not a whole lot else. I mean, there are other models that fill three points in Spider-Foes, but not in the same way that he does. Uh, when I'm thinking about Spider-Foes three-pointers, I, uh, I mean, he's going to be near the top of my list of people to include in the list. Yep. So does that, um, I, th I'm going to go with Brad. I'm going to, I'm going to rescind what I said earlier. I think he's a B because, uh, if I say he's an A, that means that the only thing above him is S and I don't think he's, I think that there's enough of a gap between him and S tier. That... He's also not seen play outside of his affiliations or, Sometimes with Criminal Syndicate. So I right. think, right. like, if he was good enough to see play, and, like, if I was considering him for my X-Men list, then I'd probably put him up at an A. But... that That's fair, and yeah. I, I guess I've talked myself out of the A tier. So I'm going to put him in B, along with Brad. Okay. I think I'm going to kind of echo just what you guys say. I think that he's just a solid B character. Uh, but I do think um, if you play him, like when he's played within his affiliation, I think that he's probably more like a B plus. Like he's just yeah. Within his own affiliation, I think that he he really really shines, and then especially with this tactics card, I think uh, in the grand like scale of the game, I think he's just a solid B. And then when you're playing him within affiliation, I think he's he's up to a B plus. So. So, uh, old Doc Ock, right around a B. Uh, very good character, very good three-cost character. So, if you guys are looking to play him, uh, we're going to give you uh, just a couple suggestions on where you can start, maybe if you're a little bit newer to the game. So, uh, I'll kind of let you uh, take over, Fred. What have you kind of brought as the starting point if somebody's looking to play Doc Ock and build a roster with him in it? 
All right. If if someone is looking to play Doc Ock, uh, I brought a, a little bit of an edge case, and that is what was brought against me, where he I want to bring him in Criminal Syndicate uh, okay. with Kingpin as the leader. And my thinking here is is that Criminal Syndicate likes to play the objectives, and the one thing that they do great they they do secures wonderfully, but the but the uh, w- the other objectives. We struggle with sometimes because it's it's tougher to nail them down. Uh, what he brings, if you bring both Green Goblin, who is affiliated with Criminal Syndicate, and him, you can play that tactics card, and it's going to be a great turn for you. You suddenly have access to grabbing all of those objectives that you that your opponent is holding, and you get to do damage to all of their people. Who are holding objectives? It's yep. it's really it's really a great combination. Okay, so what uh, what what you think maybe would be like the first uh, three or four characters that you would do as kind of like a building block for playing CS? Well, with Doc all right, my build my my building block here is is starting with Kingpin, uh, because every good CS list starts with Kingpin right now. In the very near future, that's going to change, but. Uh, uh, the next character I would bring is Green Goblin, and then Doc Ock. Uh, and if you if you want me to keep going, I'm gonna add a fourth, and that fourth is Black Cat. Okay. And yeah. having have, like those four right there are it, it, there's just so many options that you've got on playing the objectives, playing the scenario, and the whole thought of this list. <clears throat> excuse me is you just get so far ahead of your opponent so early that there's no way for them to catch up. Okay. And I hate this, by the way. What, uh, what, uh, just give me like one or two secures and extracts you think uh, kind of that building block would like to play on. So uh, this is going to sound crazy, but I, I like the idea of bringing this with cubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, a lot of the reason for that is... The cubes, there are five of them, which means that there are five points in that in that crisis alone sitting on the table. And if you play your cards right, you could get all five of those points. And that's that's a windfall in this game. Yep. Uh, if uh, secures wise, I'm thinking that for criminal syndicate, we like D secures or straight up the middle secures mm-hmm. i forget which one that is. Um, yeah because uh, we don't like to keep in a b scenario that's the the box right yes uh the b scenario that one you have to keep two people back and on different corners and that's tough to do in criminal syndicate we want to push our people right up into your face so, I think that D lets you do that. Okay. All right. Well, that all sounds really good. Um, I'm going to uh, put forth a little something, which is uh, probably a little bit of a cop-out for Doc Ock, but I think it actually pairs really good uh, kind of with some of the building blocks that Fred was talking about, and that's, of course, playing Doc Ock in Spider-Foes. So if you really like this character, uh, as we kind of said, he really shines in his own affiliation. So um, 
he works really well. Uh, you bring Green Goblin. Uh, you probably bring Carnage, Mysterio. Uh, those are probably four where I would start because I really like all four of those characters and what they do in the affiliation. Uh, and then you, of course, bring Well-Late Plans. You bring um, Sinister Traps. And that's a really good way for you to do a lot of chip damage uh, to a lot of the characters on the enemy team. Um, and if you don't know kind of the combos, things like Ox Clutches, so uh, his three power cost throw, you would pick up a character up and throw them short. And Mysterio's ability, which uh, is Tricks and Traps, so it lets him move whenever a character moves within, I think it's range three of them. Uh, he rolls four dice, and they take da extra damage for each crit and wild rolled in the roll. So it doesn't have to be an advance on the opponent's part. It just has to be that they have done a move, which is anything that moves a character in the game. So move, place, push, uh, advance, all that stuff. So you can throw Ock near Mysterio. Mysterio does his ability and hopefully puts more chip damage on there. Uh, just pair that with the just offensive nature of Spider-Foes, and I think that... You've got a pretty good building block there. Oh, and Lizard. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Lizard. He He's amazing. So, uh, yeah, Lizard, uh, Doc Ock, Carnage, Mysterio, and Goblin. I think that those kind of can also pair good with uh, CS if you're wanting to splash into that a little bit. Uh, bring something like Cubes because, uh, again, just more chip damage on your opponent. Uh, Demons is another really, really good one. And I actually don't mind Mutant Madmen because a lot of uh, Spider-Foes are sitting on, I think, four physical uh, defense. I think Carnage is at five, Doc Ock's at four, Goblin's at four, uh, Lizard's at four. So they give you really good flips. And you can traverse uh, back and forth through the points very easy because everybody is on a medium base. So, uh, But yeah, those are, those are a couple just uh, starting points and building blocks if you're looking to play a roster that has Dr. Octopus in it. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it. Does anybody have anything else that they want to add for Doc Ock? Or roster building or anything else? I'm, I'm good. I, I think that we've covered most of what my brain contains at this moment. <laughs> so. All right. Well, uh, with that, I think we're we're ready to put the old uh, seal of approval on Doc Ock, calling him a B. And with that, we can kind of move on to comic books. So if somebody's interested in learning more about Doc Ock, what's some stuff they can read, Brad? Okay, I got three great suggestions today. Uh, one I've been talking about since we decided to schedule this. So, first one, Amazing Spider-Man 131. This is Jerry Conway and Russ and Andrew. It's A-N-D-R-U. Uh, this is the issue where... Good old Otto Octavius marries Aunt May and becomes Peter Parker's uncle. Uh, if that doesn't get you to read this issue, nothing else I say will. I'm still old. <laughs> uh, the next recommendation is um, the Web of Death crossover. So it's Amazing Spider-Man 397 and 398 and Spectacular Spider-Man 220 and 221. It starts in one of those books and then it goes back and forth between them. Um, that's The creators on that are J.M. DeMattis, Tom DeFalco, Mark Bagley, and Sal Bushima. Um, this is uh, part of the 
ongoing clone saga that took up most of the 90s and like a season of the animated series. But one of the clones of Peter tries to kill him. And Peter gets some help from an unexpected ally. And considering the episode we are doing, you can probably guess who saves him. (laughs) Uh, I've not read this story yet, but I probably am going to. Um, Andrew, if you're listening, this is probably the next one you should read since you read Craven's last time. Uh, The next one, this is my personal favorite. I have read this. I love it. It is Superior Spider-Man. There it is. Yeah, you knew it was coming. Uh, coming. Uh, This is written by Dan Slott with art by Ryan Stegman, uh, Humberto Ramos, and Giuseppe Camuncoli. Oh, God, you butchered it. I know. I have no idea how to pronounce that. I... I feel pretty good about the Giuseppe, though. Uh, Or Giuseppe. Now I'm questioning myself. Anyway. (laughs) You're taking your ditch deeper. Dr. Otto Octavius um, is dying. This is after he's come back from dying in the 90s. Uh, And as he's dying, he switches his mind slash soul with Peter Parker and Peter Parker dies in his body while he takes over Peter Parker's body. And after this happens, and he's in his new Peter Parker young body, he decides that he's going to be a better Peter Parker, and more importantly, a better Spider-Man than Peter Parker ever was. And he does. Scandals. <laughs> he is a better Spider-Man. Uh, probably not a better Peter Parker, but he is a better Spider-Man. That Peter Parker ever was. I really hey, uh, need to read I've that a, one. I've got a question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, by the number of comic books, is Peter Parker more in control of his body than all of his villains combined, or less? Like, is he? It seems like that is, in many different storylines, a point that comes up. He is. More often in control of his own body. <laughs> okay. I think the the one that might um, that might trump him having control of his body is how much time there is on clones. Clones of Peter Parker might be in the comics more than Peter Parker is collectively, <laughs> but uh, he does get taken over a lot he's very weak willed he'd never make it in the X-Men <laughs> and he certainly wouldn't be a Green Lantern his mystic defense is extra low I mean it's a three I think at best versions which is average but <laughs> it should be lower <laughs> all right uh, so I think that wraps us up for uh, another podcast. Fred, thank you so much for joining us. It was a blast talking to you. Yeah, this was fun. I want to do more. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we, have you on again. We'd love to have you on more. Um, 
So, uh, for you guys at home, thank you very much for giving us a listen if you made it this far. Uh, please make sure, if you're watching this on YouTube, to uh, also check us out on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Um, if you're wanting to maybe listen to us on your commute instead of watching us on YouTube. Um, be sure to check out our gameplay videos and give us a like and a subscribe and a share. So, uh, until next week, we'll see you guys in the next one. Have uh, Take care, guys. Bye. I almost said have fun. <laughs> <laughs> have fun everyone have fun everyone <laughs>